Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Louis Moffness. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to another time of Straight from the Bible. We're so very glad that you've joined us today, and this is a live Bible question and answer program. And I would like to invite you, as we begin our program, to join us in prayer. Heavenly Lord, we're very, very glad that the Bible has been uh, given to us by a loving God, and we know that you seek to give us understanding and to answer our questions. And we ask that your Spirit will come and, and bring us the answers that we need. Please be with us here at the studios of Joy FM and all of our listening friends, uh, wherever this broadcast may go. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, my name is Pastor Louis Moffinus, and I'm very, very glad to have my wonderful wife, Jessica, here with me. Hello, Jessica. So glad that you're here with me today. Hello, Pastor Moffinus. Thank you for having me here with you. <laughs> and we're very glad that all of our listening friends have tuned in, and we know that there are many people out there who have Bible questions. Do you have one? Well, then I'm going to invite you to pick up your phones right now and dial the numbers, the contact, the contact information that Jessica will now give you. Okay, if you are from the island of Guam, the number to dial is 472-1111. That's 472-1111. If you are from Saipan, Chinian, or Rota, that number to dial is 323-1113. That's 323-1113. You're welcome to text or WhatsApp your question. That's 671-686-9999. 686-9999. You're also welcome to email your question. That's Bible at joyfmradio.net. That's B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. And you're also welcome to check us out on Facebook. We are live on Facebook right now. That's Facebook dot com forward slash joy fm radio and you can also put your questions there in the comment section that's right if you can uh and we'll see that immediately now if you are listening to this broadcast at any other time besides monday from 5 to 6 uh, p.m then you are listening to a rebroadcast of course, you can still contact the the studios here at Joy FM. Our our telephone operators are always happy to take your question, but your live answer will come the following program, presumably the next Monday, of course. And I would just like to say a happy new year to each and every one of you. It is now 2021. This is the first Straight from the Bible program of the year. And God has brought us through so much, and we want to praise him and thank him for that. And he has given us a brand new uh, a brand new year, and it's like a writing on, on a new page. And so why don't we start the new year off uh, and with a with a good start by asking some Bible questions and opening the Word of God together. Okay, well, Jessica, while we're waiting for our uh, the phones to start ringing and our operators operators are standing by, why don't we take a look at some of the Bible questions that have come to us through email? Okay, so the first question that came in is from Amani, 
And the question is, if God knew that Satan will make Adam and Eve eat the apple from the tree of good and evil, why didn't he stop him? Okay, now that's a very, very good question, um, Amani. And uh, the, 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 the whole answer lies on something called love and freedom of choice. You see, oh, first of all, I would like to say that Satan didn't make Adam and Eve eat of the fruit, the forbidden fruit. Uh, we don't know if it was an apple. Well, I guess it could have been an apple, but we're, we're not sure what, what fruit it was. The Bible doesn't say. It simply says that it looked good. <laughs> and so uh, Satan didn't make them eat the forbidden fruit. He deceived them into thinking that the fruit would do them good when it was a sin. Um, and so Satan didn't make them do it. Um, but why didn't God stop him if he knew that Satan would, would, would do that? Well, God, uh, he gives everybody free choice. He, uh, he, he says, uh, through Joshua in Joshua chapter 24, choose you this day whom ye will serve. If God had stopped Satan, then Adam and Eve wouldn't have made a choice. He, they had to make a choice whether or not to love God and obey him or to not love God and disobey him. And so God had to let Adam and Eve um, make their choice. A better question is, why didn't Adam and Eve stop Satan when, when uh, Satan was tempting them? That's a better question. It wasn't God who was supposed to stop him. It was supposed to be us. It was supposed to be us to stay away from the tree, don't eat the fruit, and run to God as soon as we're tempted. And that is actually how it's supposed to be today. God could stop Satan right now from tempting you. Um, but it's really up to, it's really our part. The Bible says in the book of James, um, resist the devil and he will flee from you. See, God isn't going to resist for us. He gives us the power to resist, but our choice has to come into play. We have to choose to love God. We have to choose to, uh, resist the devil and let the devil flee, flee from us. And, uh, I certainly hope, uh, Jessica, did you want to put anything else in there? Oh, I, I liked everything you said, Pastor Moffness. You know, God is a God of love and choice, freedom of choice comes mm -hmm. with that package. Um, he gives us the choice. And the thing is, God, because he gives us a choice, he gives us a choice to love him as right. well. Right. And that's uh, more treasured to be loved willingly from a person than to be made to love. Right. There's, it's There's not no, love there, anymore. It's not love anymore if someone's making you love them. Right. That's not the way it works. Right. And uh, by the way, the, the verse that I quoted is James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That was something that Adam and Eve were supposed to do. And it would have been a lot, would have been a... A more sure thing if uh, Adam and Eve had stuck together, but that's another uh, topic. Yeah. And so, <laughs> right. so, uh, so, Amani, thank you very much for the question. And I understand that Amani is a regular caller, ten years old, I believe, or is she twelve? I, I I don't remember, but a very young lady. And thank you very much, uh, Amani, for your question. I certainly hope that uh, it an it helped answer your question. All right. So that's one question down. Do we have another question that has come to us through email, Jessica? We do. Um, so the next question is, should we tithe when we get a stimulus check? 
Okay, now that's a very uh, a common uh, to- a common topic that's being talked about now is the stimulus checks, and basically these this is really just money that uh, the government is giving out to help us through tough times. It's a very mm-hmm. you know it's a very generous thing that uh, you know that uh, I believe the government does when it's trying to help its citizens. And uh, very much appreciated on many people, especially with uh, employment going down because of epidemic or pandemic shutdowns. Now, should we tithe the stimulus checks? Um, you know, when I was just reading through the, uh, I'm, I'm reading through the Book of Genesis right now, and there was a time when Abraham met with uh, Melchizedek, and it was at that uh, time was the first time we ever hear of the tithe. And so let me uh, turn there as I go to the book of Genesis. And it should be Genesis chapter 14. And in Genesis chapter 14 and verse 20, it says, uh, and this is Melchizedek speaking, and blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he, that is Abraham, gave him, Melchizedek, tithes of all. Now you're going to you're going to see that um, repeated in Jacob's story when Jacob was um, fleeing from I'm sorry he wasn't fleeing from he was on his way to get his wife and he promised when he saw God uh, when he saw God um, on the top of the ladder that reached from heaven to earth and the the uh, the uh, the angels are going up and down on that ladder. And he says, if you are with me, then I will, of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth or a tithe. Mm-hmm. And so every time the tithe is mentioned, it is a, it's mentioned a tithe of all. Now, if we go to the book of Deuteronomy, and I believe it's chapter 14, verse 22, in Deuteronomy 14, 22, it says, thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. So we see that the word all, and and here it's mentioned the increase. So every time God increases you, uh, increases you, everything that we get from God, and here's the principle, is that we, the tithe is a recognition that everything we get is from God. Right. We return 10% recognizing that fact. And that is true of your, um, your, your uh, your salary, your regular salary, uh, whether it's uh, some sometimes when people, um, you know, uh, sh- show generosity by giving you some money, like the government or aunties and uncles or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know, you can look at that as an increase. And here's the here's the thing: is that you can never outgive God. Every time you put God first in everything, God says He will take care of you. You find that in the Book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, where he talks about, if you return your tithe, I will bless you. Now, the blessing doesn't mean that he's going to make you wealthy, and, and you know, although that, that can happen, but uh, the, blessing, uh, you, the, the blessing is that God will take care of you. Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so when we put God first and recognize that we're putting God first in the tithe, whenever he increases us, he promises to take care of us and also and prosper us. Uh, did you have anything else to add to that, Jessica? Yeah, no, I was just uh, typed in tithe and increase, and I noticed there was a bunch of verses it's that everywhere. every time it says mm-hmm. tithe, 
you tithe the increase. Whatever uh, you were blessed with. Mm-hmm. And I like how you said when we do tithe it, it's to acknowledge that God is the God of all. Yes. And er- everything that we own is his anyway. And we're just basically showing our faith in him by returning that 10%. And, and stimulus checks are an increase, aren't they? Well, if, if it came to me today, I would be increased. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so it looks like we have another question, a question that has come on the, um, I think it's uh, given to us in written form. Or is it a new one? I'm not sure. I can't tell. Okay. And uh, looks like we have a new question up there. And so a listener has just asked us something. It says, if God can be trusted... Why should we then bother asking questions? Can God really be trusted? We live in such a messed up world. (laughs) That's a very uh, good observation. We do live up in a messed up world. Now, if we, if we, well, first of all, it says if God can be trusted. Well, first of all, I believe that he can. That is something that we need to experience uh, personally. Right. Um, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding in the book of Proverbs. And so it is very important to know that God can be trusted. Now, why should we ask questions? You know, it's very interesting that um, there that uh, every time somebody came to Jesus with a question, he answered them. Did you ever notice that? And um, they're, they're, first of all, we need to understand that we're not always going to get the answers that we want. Right. We don't always. Uh, we don't always need the. Um, we all, we're not. We're just not smart enough. Our brain is not as big as God's, and so there's no way we're going to understand everything. And so yes, there is going to be incredible amount of room to trust God, uh-huh. and we're going to have to because we're we're just not going to know everything. If we knew everything, then we would be God, and we can trust ourselves but because we are his creatures and because God is so full of wisdom full of love full of understanding and power that's why we trust him but does that mean that we um, does that mean that we don't we can't ask questions I believe God invites us to ask questions if you go to the book of Isaiah and um, he's in the book of Isaiah where it says um, come now let us reason together and so I believe that that is an introduction, that's an invitation to, to uh, dialogue, to have discussion. And it says, though your sins be as scarlet, yet uh, they shall be as wool. And so I believe that our God invites us to understand him more. And, uh, you know, there was this one time I was reading a, a particular book, and it says there are two kinds of questionings. There's two kinds of questionings. Um, whenever a mother gives, uh, some sort of mandate to her child, let's say the mom says, I do not want you to eat the, the cookies here on this plate. And the child asks why? Now there are two ways the, the child is asking, there's two ways the child can ask why it can ask why. And with that kind of why no answer is sufficient really the child doesn't want to know the answer it just it's just disappointed that it that can't it can't be. have the cookie yeah. and the the, the reason no matter how good the answer is it's never going to be good enough for that kind of child why you know and um and no, no matter what the mom says the child's going to be angry <laughs> but there's the second kind of question why 
That's the second kind of questioning. And that is where the child really does want to know why. Oh, why, mom? Why can't I eat those cookies? Mm -hmm. Well, because we're saving them for a special thing. And so I believe the second kind of questioning is the one that we can come to God with. That's the one where he says in the book of Isaiah, come now and let us reason. I listen to you. You listen to me. We dialogue and we both come and you will understand why I do what I'm doing. And here's the thing. If God didn't want us to ask, ask questions, then why did he give us the Bible? The Bible is here to provide answers, right? Uh-huh. And if God, if, if God were, was the kind of God where he says, I don't have to explain anything to you, then he would never have needed to give the Bible. Right. The Bible is here because it answers. It answers all the questions that we have. And so I believe that he invites us to ask questions. I believe we need to come with the right kind of why, <laughs> the, right, the right kind of questions. And the Bible is here because it answers our questions. So those are the reasons why I think. Uh, Jessica, did you have anything that you would like to put, put into there? You know, the thing is, uh, it, the question here that says, can God really be trusted? Mm. And I just wanted to bring out how you can't really trust somebody you don't know. True. And in order to trust somebody, you need to spend time with them. Mm, and yes. the way to spend time with them is through the word. First and foremost is through the Bible so that we can get to know the Lord. That's a good point. And then, of course, through nature and seeing his creation. Mm-hmm. Um, All these ways that God communicates with us. Right, right. And so that we can build that trust. And what I love about God is that he doesn't leave us in the dark because he wants us. He wants us to know about him. He wants us to get to know him. And he doesn't want us to be lost. He wants us to be saved. Correct. And so he's doing everything he can to help us so that we can trust in him. And and, and, and at the end of the day, hmm. where are we going to turn? Right. It, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, you can put a, put a whole bunch of different people in different walks of life on a, in an airplane. And once that airplane starts hitting turbulence mm-hmm. or is about to go down, where are you going to turn? Everyone will turn to God. Well, I like to think <laughs> that, but, you know, I'm saying it's like. Um, at the end of the day, it's really come. It comes down to us and God, and how That's much right. do we trust Him? And you know, I really like what you said, where the Bible is here because we're not going to trust a God we don't know, and the Word of God is really here for us to know Him, to know how He's dealt with uh, human humans in the past through human history. It reveals how He wants to save us. It reveals His great love. It reveals how He came down to become one of us. And so without the Bible, we would never know God and we would never, uh, we would never get to trust him the way, uh, to the, you know, to the fullest of our capacity. Uh, the Bible actually says that, um, um, that, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right. So we're not going to trust unless we're not going to trust God until we get to know him through his word. Right. And, and here, you know, he did say that we lived in a, we live in such a messed up world and we all know we do. Right. And because we live in this messed up world, the more we need God more than anything. Right. So very good question. Um, uh, did, did we get a name on the person who asked that question? No. Okay. So it, uh, so thank you very much for the listener who called that question in 
And uh, we just want to say, although we are living in a messed up world and we don't know who we can trust, there is one person who is not messed up, and that is God. And by the way, the, the, um, the, the verse I was trying to quote was Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So to trust God, let's go to his word, and it will inspire faith in our hearts. Okay, it looks like we have about eight minutes left before we have to take a break. So why don't you take advantage of this time right now? Call in your Bible question, 472-1111, 472-1111. If you're calling from Guam, if you're calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rhoda, then please dial 323-1113, 323-1113. And you can always go to Facebook, and go to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. You'll be able to see the live, uh, the live feed, the live streaming of our program today. And in the comment section, you can leave a question there, and we'll see it immediately, and we'll take that question. And by the way, Jessica, I just wanted to, to give a plug in here for a wonderful series of programs that are happening, and it's called Hope Now given by Pastor Ken Norton. Pastor right. Ken Norton is on the live stream online. Uh, if you can, uh, I'm going to ask you to provide that uh, that link for our people, for our listeners. You can go there and you are going to hear Pastor Ken Norton talk about many wonderful Bible topics. And the name, of, I'm sorry, the link to go to is um, islandhopenow.com. Once more, that is islandhopenow.com. You don't want to miss it. I want you. To, I want you to go there. I want you to tune in, and I want uh, you to bring your friends and your family to listen. Also, Pastor Ken Norton and uh, Hope Now. It's the let's let hope be the new normal. I'm going to be there, and I hope each and every one of you will be there too. Okay, so so many good questions have been coming through email, but we would love it if you could pick up your phone right now and dial in those those um, those questions that you have, and we will open the Word of God together to. Find an answer. Okay, so Jessica, do we have any other questions coming through email? So we do have a question here. It says, are specific sins and their punishment passed down in families through generations? Okay, so sins being passed down through generations. That's a very, um, I get that question. We get that question a lot here on this program. And it, we know that, yes, there are certain things that are passed down uh, from father to son. We go to the book of um, Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20. And Jessica, if you could help me read uh, verse, well, verse four and five, I suppose. And this is the second commandment. And maybe Jessica can help me with it. It says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But, I'll go ahead and read verse 6. Mm -hmm. But showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Thank you for reading verse 6. That completes the entire picture. So God does say, and it is specifically talking about the breaking of the second commandment, that is making an image and then bowing down to it and worshiping it. Right. 
Um, so are there any specific sins? Uh, I believe that uh, really that, that's the trouble with sin is that it is rather spreadable and contagious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fathers and have, fathers and mothers have incredible influence upon their young ones. Right. You know, um, I, I know that a lot of times where when we had to be careful what we said around the children because they repeat everything we say. Right. And, uh, you know, they, they, the, the kids learn by observing and they say, oh, if mom and dad do it, then that's the way I'm going to do it. And so, uh, <laughs> and so it, it's almost a, automatic, you know, that the, the, the sons and daughters pick things up from mother and father. Now, of course, God says that he can have mercy on thousands of them that love him and keep his commandments. So I'm so glad that the cycle can be broken. Right. And so you don't have to uh, have that uh, inheritance from mother and father. As a matter of fact, I believe not only can we break the cycle, but we definitely need to. Uh, Jesus Christ, and uh, he needs to, we, we, we can't stay in the family of Adam. You know, we can't all, the Bible says in Adam, all die, but in Christ, all shall be made alive. So we have to choose a different lineage now. And so we need to break away from what we inherit from mom and dad. And we need to be born again, as John, as Jesus said in John chapter three to Nicodemus. In other words, we need new parenting. We need new parentage. Right. And that is uh, having God as our father and learning from Jesus. And, uh, so are there any specific sins? Just to answer the question, uh, I believe that all sin is uh, anything that the father and mother are doing wrong. It's very, very contagious to their children. Mm-hmm. And so mothers and fathers, we have to be very careful how we're raising our children. In order to teach them righteousness, we need to be righteous our- ourselves. And uh, if there are sins that are being passed down, then we need to get on our knees with our children and ask God for forgiveness and for power to overcome. There's a little. There is a. Uh, there is a, another Bible verse that uh, puts a little bit of light on this in the book of Ezekiel eighteen twenty, and in the book of Ezekiel eighteen twenty, it says, "The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. Neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. In other words, sons and daughters out there, you are not guilty for what your mom and dad may have done. You are not condemned for the sins of your mother and father. Um, you are responsible for you and you alone. And so you need to, uh, you and I, we need, we can't blame mom and dad forever. You know, there comes a time where we have to say, mom and dad, they had their faith, they had their walk, they had their experience, but I am turning to God today and let the righteousness be upon, the righteousness of this righteous person be upon me. And so let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, uh, you know, we thank mom and dad for doing their best, but now let's take responsibility for our own spiritual life. Did you have anything to add to that, Jessica? You know what they say, uh, you want to know what the parents are like, just look at the children. Like father, like son? Like father, like son. And um, you, uh, children learn by example and who they're, who it is that they're under. And parents, unfortunately, you know, have their uh, habits and their drawbacks and mistakes. And so, yeah, but I'm so thankful that God can put a stop to that through his promise in Exodus chapter 20 that you read or that we read earlier. Hmm. So praise God that he can stop whatever sins that are being passed out. Amen. 
All right. So as you can hear from the music, we have just reached our halfway point. That means we are not finished. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. Every day, people undergo spiritual surgery. God may apply the scalpel to a habit in our life. He may mend a fracture in one of our relationships. His diagnosis is always accurate. His remedy, always what we need. At Joy FM, we want to work with God in strengthening you. Our goal, to help you maintain quality spiritual health. For daily encouragement and strength, keep listening. Joy FM. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible. Hello and welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. We are live here in the studios of Joy FM. And here to my right is one of my most precious loved ones, <laughs> Pastor Louis Mothness. <laughs> live in the studios I hope so. here. And so it is a live call-in program. If you have any questions about the Bible or questions in the Bible that you're curious that you want wanted answers, you're welcome to go ahead and give us a call. So please go ahead and pick up your phones and dial 472-1111. That's 472-1111 if you are here on the island of Guam. If you are in Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, that number is 323-1113. That's 323-1113. If you want to text <coughs> your question, you're welcome to do so. At 686-9999. That's 671-686-9999. You're welcome to email your Bible question. That's Bible at joyfmradio.net. That's B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. We are live on Facebook right now as well. You're welcome to check us out there. That is... Facebook.com forward slash Joy FM Radio. And you can also leave your question there in the comments section. Okay. Now, um, you know, we're very glad to take uh, questions through email and through uh, Facebook uh, uh, comments. But there's just something that we really like about phone calls and hearing your voice and meeting you personally. So why don't you pick up your phones right now and dial in your questions. Our operators are standing by. Lines are open. And please take advantage of this final half hour that we have. So go ahead and uh, call us and give us your question. All right. Uh, Jessica, I believe we do have one more email to look at. All right. So this question is coming from Carol. And I guess she was reading about the whole Christmas story. Oh. Because we know that Christmas had just gone by. And it says, what are your thoughts on Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25? 25. 25. Well, my thoughts are, I have wonderful thoughts about this. <laughs> this is the story of Jesus' birth. Uh, starting in verse 18, it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When he, when 
As his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily, and that means privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse 21 says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Verse 24 says, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not uh, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And so those are the verses that uh, <laughs> that uh, Sister Carol wanted us to comment on. And I think I just want I, I did all the reading. Jessica, why don't you be the first to comment on these verses? You know, I tell you, God is so faithful to his own people. Hmm. Um, here he, you know, he asked Mary permission. Oh, isn't that? Yeah, that's to true. Accept, yeah. Um, t- to be the mother of Jesus. And she says yes. Hmm. And then, of course, Joseph, uh, being a just man, not wanting to embarrass Mary, not I, really understanding everything that's going on. I was always fascinated at that, that uh-huh. he was called a just man. Right. Uh-huh. And yet... As a just man, it says that he had, you know, mercy <laughs> on right. on Mary. For all for all he knows, this is an unfaithful uh, fiance, right? You know, who went and uh, fooled around and got pregnant with somebody else. Uh, most most fiancés that I would that I you know it, it, we would expect him to just blow his top and lose his, and you know make her a public example, you know, right? <laughs> uh, but Joseph was of, of a very singular character, I think. Right, and, and he, I, yeah. I think he had, probably in the laws of the land, he probably mm. had every right to make her a public example. <laughs> yes. Um, because here she is pregnant with someone mm. else that, someone else's that child. he had nothing to do with. And right. here he was engaged to her. He was, he was indefinitely, in <laughs> he definitely showed... Uh, as far as you know, his human understanding, a lot of grace to Mary. Right. And uh, but of course he was wrong. <laughs> right, because like I said, he hardly understood what was probably everything that was going on. Yes, and Mary wasn't being unfaithful to him. Um, matter of fact, she was really faithful <laughs> to God and to him. And, right, and uh, God is so faithful. Yeah. That he goes and talks to Joseph himself, and he yes. says, you know. You're about to mess up if I let you do this. <laughs> well, <laughs> my, sa- my interpretation, yeah. of course. Well, he sends an angel. I, w- right. I, w- I like to think it's Gabriel. Right, and, right. Um, right. He tells Joseph, you know, go ahead and take her as a wife. You know, and, and so really this is, this is when Joseph was called to a very, very holy duty. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was to be the surrogate father. Uh, or should we say stepfather? I, I said, well, he was chosen to be the parent of the Messiah. <laughs> he was uh, chosen to be the the uh, the one who would be partners with Mary in raising Jesus. Right. And that must have been a very very uh, it's a very high calling. 
it, it did demand sacrifice from him. It would be it would be a, a type of life where um, people are not going to understand his his mission, uh, mm-hmm. Jesus' mission. Right. And Joseph is going to he was going to have to go through a lot of things with Mary to support her. And uh, yeah. So the Christmas story, um, it did have a lot to do with Mary and her calling to be the mom. But here is Joseph's calling to be the the uh, the parent, the father parent of the Messiah. It's uh, I, I like the story. I wrote a whole sermon on it. Right. And um, I really appreciate and admire this man who uh, put himself aside and married. And you, you know, here's the thing: is he didn't need to do it. You know, he didn't. He could have said, "No, I'm going to go find myself another wife. I don't need this one." Right. <laughs> and then Mary would be, you know, basically raising Jesus, maybe as a single parent. I don't. I don't know. Maybe find another person. But Joseph said yes, and he is immortalized in the scriptures. Praise God. I'll tell you, he <laughs> made a really wise decision. Yep, he did. Um, he could have made life hard on Mary if he, he mm. if he rejected God. Right. And of course. Life on himself would have been really hard to after <laughs> after so. he rejected he the Messiah. He would have missed the blessing. That's huge, definitely true. Huge missing, and uh, you know, I, I don't just reading this whole story about Joseph. I mean, it doesn't say a whole lot about him, hmm. but the little it does, it tells you his character really stands out. It's it shines. Really, it really, really shines. Does. Yeah, because yeah, there's so much, like you said, there's so much in in it, in there. Uh, you know, for him to raise this boy for the rest of his life, mm. um, Joseph's life, and taking on that responsibility. And I'm sure it was a huge blessing for Joseph as well. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I really like that part where um, I believe it's uh, verse 20, uh, 26, no, tw- 21. And he shall bring forth a son, and she shall bring forth a son, mm. and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Wow. And so Joseph was being let know, he, he was being informed that this is not going to be any child. This is, first of all, the Son of God. It's the Holy Spirit that's putting this child in Mary, not another man. But this is going to be the Savior himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. And so Joseph, I believe, um, eventually would have to put his faith uh, in this child to save him from his own sins. Right. Whew, right. Wow. Uh, you know, my mind just... <laughs> does a flip whenever I, I think about that. And so Joseph knew who this baby was going to be. Amazing. The sin bearer himself, the one who the whole, uh, the whole human race had been waiting for, for salvation. And, uh, awesome. and then there's, there's that other part of this uh, passage that says that uh, all of this was fulfilled to fulfill a prophecy. All of this was done so that it would be fulfillment of her prophecy, a virgin shall be with child, and his name will be Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. And so once more, this is not a, this is not just any child. This is going to be God in the flesh, the Savior, to save us from our sins. His name is Jesus. Awesome. Yes. Okay, and so Joseph, he performs his duty. He he marries Mary. Doesn't you know? Doesn't uh, have any physical sexual relationship with with her until after Jesus is born. Right. And so wonderful, wonderful story of a very godly man. I'm sure we could uh, write a whole sermon on just that. And on <laughs> and on that. and on. Yes. Just that. Can go on for another half hour. 
Okay, so it looks like uh, the email questions uh, have come in and we've answered them. And uh, we want to give those phone numbers out one more time because we have just a short time left. And uh, here are the phone numbers. If you're calling from Guam, then please dial 472-1111, 472-1111. All those in the hearing of my voice, please call. If you're calling from the CNMI, then please dial 323-1113. 323-1113. And of course, you can go to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio, and we'll be so glad to have you join us there. Go ahead and go to the comments section, and we'll see your question that you leave there immediately. So God bless you, and thank you very much for listening, and we will thank you very much for calling. So go ahead and call us. Okay, so Jessica, we have uh, other Bible questions that have come to us. All right, Pastor Moffness, um, let's see. What is the meaning of baptism? Okay, that's a qu- that is a written question that has come to us. What is the meaning of baptism? Okay, baptism, of course, is the, the practice of giving a person, giving their life to Jesus Christ and uh, giving uh, their lives to God, and they are immersed in the water. And I'm going to go to the book of Acts. And uh, I'm going to uh, read from the book of Acts chapter 16. No, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 22, 16, rather. And uh, I wonder if, uh, Jessica, you can help me read this. Acts chapter 22 and reading verse 16. And this is the first thing that baptism does uh, mean. It says, And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And so the very first thing that baptism means is a washing away of sins. And so water is used, and (laughs) that is washing. And uh, this is why I like immersion, because immersion means everything is going to go under the water. (laughs) Right. Not just one part, but everything. And so washing of water, washing uh, of the sins away from uh, the sinner is the first thing that baptism means. Now, if we go to the book of Romans, if we go to the book of Romans and we go to chapter 7, I'm sorry, chapter 6, we see that baptism has another meaning that is very, very important also. If we go to the book of Romans and we look at chapter 6, we see that baptism symbolized a death and burial and resurrection. And we see verse 3 and 4 of, Re- of Romans 6. It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And I, so we see here that um, um, baptism represents a death, a burial, and a resurrection. Uh, being dead to sin simply means that um, as far as sin is concerned, we, we relate to sin the way a dead person would. Mm. You know, I have a sermon that, that's called, um, Hey Corpse, Are You Interested? <laughs> if you go to, if you go to a, a, a cemetery, how many people can you tempt to smoke cigarettes? You know, at one point they may have been smokers, but now that they're dead... 
There's no way I can tempt them. Yeah, you right. want to? Yeah, how about how about beer? You know, <laughs> you can. People leave these things on the sem- on on the tombstones. They leave a bottle of beer there. Right. You know, it's going to stay there because well, they're dead. They're not tempted, mm. and so well, being dead to sin simply means that you know, as far as when we give our lives to Christ, He gives us a new heart, and we don't want sin anymore. We we have a what you might say a a a deadness to it. Um, We see it for what it is. We see how wonderful God is and we want righteousness and holiness and love and purity and cleanliness instead of all the filthiness. It's it's almost like when a child, you know, when when we're kids, we really didn't mind getting dirty, right? Mm. Uh, we we love to play in the mud and throw throw things at each other when we're kids, but at some point we're like, you know what? I don't like dirt, and, <laughs> you know, I don't like getting dirty, and we love showering now. Uh, something happens when we become adults, you know, we're like, oh, just being clean feels so good, and so when it comes to dirt, we're just dead to it, you know, we don't want ugh, gross, you know, our tastes change, our our preferences change, right. So being dead to sin, that's what baptism means. When God enters into your life, you you die to sin. And, of course, every time somebody dies, typically they are buried. Mm-hmm. And so that's, what the, that's why baptism, baptism by immersion is the biblical way of being baptized, where a person is lowered into the water and completely covered by the water. Uh, burial is properly symbolized by immersion in water. Sprinkling water on a person, that doesn't symbolize burial. Pouring water on a person, that also does not symbolize a burial. You know, nobody buries somebody like that. Right. The entire person goes under the water. This is how Jesus was baptized. It says, and when he came up out of the water, you see that in the book of Matthew chapter 3. And now if Jesus came up out of the water, that means he went down into the water. And so baptism represents a death a burial, but praise God, they don't stay under the water forever. They come up to newness of life, and that's the resurrection. And so when a person comes up out of the baptismal water, symbolically, they are a new person, and they are coming uh, to a new life in Christ, a resurrection from the dead. The old Lewis is dead. I, you know, he was buried in the water by God's grace, and then you know, um, God, uh, Jesus says you must be born again, a new life. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so God gives the person a new life. This is the miracle of conversion and the new birth. This is something that only God can give. And uh, that is the miracle that God gives at baptism. We have that by faith. And so those are the those are the uh, the the four things that I would say baptism. Uh, that's what it means: washing of sins, death to sin, burial, and a resurrection. The final thing that I would like to say that baptism actually represents is a baptism into the body of Christ. Now I believe we find that in the book of Colossians, and so I'm going to turn there and. In the book of Colossians, it says that we are all baptized into one body. Forgive me. I I stand corrected. It's in the book of 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse uh, 13, it says, For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all 
made to drink into one spirit. So that's what the, the fifth thing that baptism means is that we are baptized into the body, the body of Christ. This would be the church. Now, if we're born of the spirit, born again, then that means we're spiritual babes. You know, we're starting a new life and right. every baby needs a family. Right. Uh, immediately upon birth, it needs mom and dad. Mom first. <laughs> mom, mom needs to hold that baby first. And so the baby needs support. The baby needs to be fed. The baby needs to be taken care of, protected. When the baby gets sick, it needs uh, extra care. And so when a person is baptized, it needs a family right away. And that family is God's people, his church. It's a terrible thing, I think, to think of a baby that as soon as it's born is abandoned. That really shouldn't. That's, very that's a sad. terrible, terrible thing to even think about. Right. And so, when a person is baptized, the last thing I want is for it to be left alone and to be made the plaything of, of the devil. Right. And so, I would, you know, it, we invite them to church, we invite them to Bible studies and fellowships and prayer meetings and things like that, and also wonderful uh, church functions because in coming to these things, they learn. And they're encouraged, and they're supported, and they gain strength, and they learn to walk the Christian walk. The more interaction they have with other Christians of like faith, the more their faith will grow. I'm doing all the talking. How about you? Would you like to, you know, baptism? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much out there, but I really liked the whole scenario about when a baby is born. It definitely needs a family to support to, to nurture, to love, to help that uh, baby grow. And so when we are baptized, we definitely need a family to be baptized in too. And you know what? The family also is very blessed by the baby. I mean, mm -hmm. come on. When a baby comes into the family, everybody wants to hold the baby. Everybody right. wants to pinch it. Everybody wants to just pour its love upon the baby. And that's the way the Christian, the, the Christian church should be. Whenever a person gives their life to Jesus and is baptized, oh, you know, we, we should all want to be around them. <laughs> mm. And uh, we all want to be with them and give them, <clears throat> give them wonderful things. And, you know, uh, people being baptized should be the, just the best time for the church, the best time for the family. And so I, you know, uh, and by the way, if a person is out there and you're contemplating baptism, I recommend that you call Joy FM and let Joy FM direct you to a Bible-believing pastor. And, um, and uh, if you have questions about baptism, how you should prepare for it, uh, you know, is there a church that you, should, that you should be looking at to be a part of the family? And uh, have Joy FM direct you to a Bible-believing pastor. It would be, I think it would be the biggest blessing, the, biggest, the b most blessed decision you have made so far. It looks like a caller came, uh, called back and wanted to thank. Uh, what, what does it say? It says a caller <clears throat> wanted to thank you guys for what you do. Oh, for what we do? What did we do? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's ta they're thankful for the program. Praise right. God. Praise God. We're very, very glad that, uh, that uh, it is a blessing. Right. It looks like we have about five minutes left in our program, only five minutes. You know, I'll bet if you called right now with a quick question, we can give an answer, but you have to call right this second. You have to call right this second if you want uh, to have that <laughs> to have that uh, chance. And um, so, go ahead and ring us right now, right now, if you want to do it. <laughs> okay, um, Jessica, is there another question that we can take? There is a question here. 
I don't know if we can answer that in five minutes. Who is God the Father? That's a good question. Who is God the Father? Um, you're right. That is big. That's a big one. Yes. The Bible calls God our Father. Jesus taught us to pray our Father. And um, our Father which art in heaven. And so our Father, the, um, the first person of the Godhead, the first person of the Trinity is God um, who sits enthroned in heaven. And so it's very important to understand that we do have a heavenly father. We relate to him that way. And one of my favorite uh, places to look is in the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel chapter 7, we see Jesus and the father in, well, it is in a judgment setting. And here um, in Daniel chapter 7, and if we look at verse 9, it says, And I beheld till thrones were cast down. The word cast down there means set up. Uh, the thrones were being set up. And the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were opened. And so that is uh, the one who is sitting on the throne. He's called the Ancient of Days. If we go to verse 13, then we see another figure coming. In verse 13, it says, And I, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. So we know who the son of man was or is Jesus Christ. That was his favorite title to refer himself uh, to and that he, he called himself the son of man. Mm -hmm. He is the son of God and the son of man. And here the son of man is coming to the ancient of days, God, the father. And um, you know, what's wonderful about this is what it says in verse 14. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. People are being given to the Son of Man. Who's giving them to, to the Son of Man? The Ancient of Days. The Father is giving to the Son his people. I love that. Jesus said something very similar. He says, no man can come to me except the Father draw him. Mm. And so every time a person comes to Jesus, guess who's bringing him or That's her? The it's the Father. The Father's saying, come to my son. Come to my son. Uh, he'll be your Savior. He'll be your Lord. He'll be your King. And Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that, la that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And Jesus said to Philip, who wanted to see the Father, Jesus said to him, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And so who is the Father? Well, he is the one who sits on the throne. Who is Jesus? He is the one who came to show us what the Father is like. Every time we look at Jesus, we know what the character of the Father is like in 100% fullness. Well, 
As you can hear from the music, we have come to the end of our time. We are so glad that you have been listening. Thank you very much for all the questions that you sent in. And I would like to invite you to tune in again next Monday for another time of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Louis Moffness. Jessica Moffness. Saying good night and Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.